Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Here we discuss your most important business challenges and provide you with practical solutions to help you better your business. Absolutely. If you are an entrepreneur, mamapreneur, papapreneur, solopreneur, or any kind of preneur, then you are a go-getter. You have goals to achieve, which you may not have, are experts that can help walk you step-by-step step to make sure that you realize your goals. One of the things we all realized when we started our businesses as entrepreneurs and what you are probably realizing today is you didn't get an instruction manual. You know, we find ourselves and find ourselves in this maze of trying to build a sustainable business. And we really don't know what direction to go in that business. So we want to make sure that by bringing the show to you, we're giving you the action steps to guide you out of that maze so you can achieve the dreams that you set out to achieve when you first started your business. Yes. So whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure you take your free business assessment at Pillar5.com and join us live in our virtual studio where we can address your concerns and comments throughout the show. So we are going to jump right into this week's topic. I'm very excited. We're going to be interviewing the founders of I Do Systems and the hosts of the BBB, right? The creators of the BBB, the mastermind behind I Do Systems, Pillar 5, uh, the systems and structures that are being put uh, in business today for entrepreneurs. And so Carlton and Tehran, good morning. Good <laughs> we good are morning. happy to have you here and to really dive into Pillar 5, which I'm really, really excited about. I know that when we first um, met and were introduced to each other and we're talking about Pillar 5. I was just blown away by how ahead of our time you both were, uh, the vision, the patience, the discipline that went into creating the software and what you're doing for entrepreneurs. So, Carlton, if you want to get us started, I'd love to hear just, you know, how this all started. I know you and Tehran have been um, friends for over two decades now, being in business together. So how did this all start with you guys? Was it some big mastermind or how did this get started? <laughs> well, like everyone else, it starts with a problem. When you run into the wall, you start trying to figure out how to move that wall or how to get around that wall. And that's where it all began. We ran into a problem. Um, and for clarity, uh, I know you said the BBB, which is the better, your, which is better business oh. bureau. We are the better your business show. So BYB oh, would be accurate. So no one doesn't think, well, did they create the better business bureau? What? I didn't know that. Yeah. No, no, we didn't. We're all in uh, trouble now. We're, we're, <laughs> um, <clears throat> But back in uh, 2014 or so, Tehran and I were uh, providing consulting services for a financial company um, who was focused on and specializing in helping business owners build credit. And then once they would build their credit, then they were a business credit. Let me be very specific, build their business credit and then get funding. Um, and we just thought that was a, a, a noble, a noblest action as ever to be a part of 
as entrepreneurs. Well, let's help business owners get funding. Um, what we learned over that process is that even though they were getting funding and they had good business scores or, you know, done scores or, you know, whatever you want to call, they were still having complications and many of them still were going out of business and still failing and still unable to pay back their loans. And so Tehran and I decided we need to find a solution to this. And so Pillar 5 was born in that need to solve the problem of business owners were getting funding, but they were still failing. Uh, Mark Cuban has the saying, sales cures all. And I think there's a misunderstanding with business owners thinking that money cures all. Sales cures all. That's two different things. Sales may produce money, but it's different than money. Uh, so anyway, <clears throat> that's how we really got started in developing uh, Pillar 5, what, what is now known as Pillar 5, should I say. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. And then Carlton, I know for you, your family, you come from a family of entrepreneurs as well, right? Yes. So was that, you know, stuff that you had experienced? And so that's, you know, in your family line too, that also made you aware of these, you know, trends or? Mm. Well, that's a good question. What really, um, my family was predominantly in real estate and small business shops. You know, they had the bodegas in New Jersey or the little delis and, you know, all these different kind of like the mindset today of hustling, right? Where there's all these different things. They're doing newspaper routes. They got ice cream stand. They got a mall outlet. They got a deli. You know, they're doing all this, all these things. Um, and with my family coming from, you know, Jamaica, all of my families come from Jamaica. We were just, I was happened to be born here in the U.S. Um, as, our, as their businesses grew or as I was getting older, watching them build business and taking part in, assisting in any little small pieces that I could, whether it was go run cable on Saturday morning with my dad or, you know, go deliver newspapers or work the store on a Friday after school or whatever that was. As the business, as I was getting older, I noticed that when their businesses had issues, it would cause issues through the family. And, you know, sometimes you couldn't hang out with your cousin this week because mom and dad were beefing with your uncle or what, whatever, whatever that was. And that used to negatively impact me. That used to hit me in my heart. Um, so when I got involved with this organization and helping people get funding, and I saw these businesses doomed, destined for failure, I just can imagine if they have children, they're going to feel what I felt. They're going to feel that impact. Um, and I wanted to avoid that because I love babies. So I want to avoid that by all costs. They shouldn't have to feel the wrath of a failure in business which always says, you know, you don't have to fail to succeed, even though many people believe that. But um, we wanted, I wanted to solve that. And without going too far down the line, Tehran and I started researching, realized that 76% of businesses fail at year by year 10. And that was just one number we stopped at. That was the problem we saw. And we needed a solution for that problem before we can talk about anything else. Uh, so we wanted to solve that problem. Okay. So, um, so Tehran, I know, so you guys have been, I mean, you guys have known each other since you were, probably you said you were eight, I think you're older you guys <laughs> met, right? So if I could go back on some of those stories, I bet there's some good ones, right? But so what happens? Carlton just calls you up one day and he's like, Tehran, we're going to create this software. And, you know, you know, how did this all start? Is your background in that Tehran or, you know, are you just like, Creating a software, my guess is you have to be pretty detailed, intelligent, patient. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, my background is in sales, actually. So I was in uh, Tampa, Florida, and I was um, 
doing all kinds of sales, sales campaigns, training for sales campaigns and building out call centers. And um, when Carlton called me about the the uh, funding company, they needed to build out a sales team. So that kind of is what got us going down that route. I was like, OK. And we pretty much started doing that pretty successfully. I think it was like 130 some odd people we ended up getting on within a few months. I forget the exact number. Um, so it was really just from providing the the that consulting service to that entire company and building out their sales force. So that's really what got us in. It wasn't the desire to start a software. It was just being solution driven. So then when we saw the problems that were coming and that the company that we were dealing with, they didn't have it in their radar to even address that. To them, that was not a problem. That wasn't part of their mission statement. Their mission statement was to get people funded. And if that took place, then their job was done, so to speak. And again, like Carlton said, that just didn't work well with us. So uh, I guess we both have the characteristics of being overachievers and want to do a little bit more than was necessary. So it just made sense in our head to just create this entire uh, solution from the ground where we don't have to ask anyone for their approval. Uh, we're not really good at that. <laughs> at that part. <laughs> well, I and, love you both. <laughs> <laughs> we just started, you know, opening up the box saying, OK, well, what is it going to take for us to develop this solution? And then this is where these resources started presenting themselves. Well, you'll need this, you'll need this, you'll need that. It wasn't a matter of whether we could do it or not. It's just what resources were needed. And then we just started putting the machine together. And it was like, well, the best way to solve this thing is through software. So let's go ahead and do it. Only thing you can't do is what you won't do. So we just decided to go ahead and do it. So how did this happen? Did Carlton just call you up one day and was like, hey, we're going to create this software? Did you put a desk out with like a, you know, the flyer ID systems, kind of like the Amazon picture we all see and you guys were just grinding it out for weeks or how did this all work? Were you just like, Carlton, you're crazy, you know, call me in a couple of days when you chill out a little bit with this vision or how did this all? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Again, since the same way when we, when we ran into that speed bump with the building up the sales department, we had already built the relationships with the development team and all of the back end infrastructure, if you will, components to create a software company. We just weren't dealing with them in that respect. So we already had the relationships with everybody. Um, but the the uh, what we were introducing or trying to suggest for the company to do was not in the company's mission statement or trajectory. So now we're kind of like these sore thumbs. So again, we just said, oh, well, let's just present this idea or solution to those who share the same mission. and. I mean, the resources were there. We just started putting one foot in front of the other. Put your right foot in front of your left foot. Never let your left foot fall behind. Just keep it moving. I love it. I love, you know what I love? There's a couple of things that I really love about it, too. One of them is that you guys cared enough, <laughs> right? Because really, you could have just done your job there and let it go. And yeah. that tends to be, I think, a lot of industries in general. Obviously, I'm in financial services. I see that all day long. It's just, hey, we'll put a little Band-Aid on this and then we're on to the next thing. But I love that you guys are like, let's follow through and really create that sustainability. And you guys built this company with no money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit because I know most people think, and that's even part of the pillars of the five pillar software is talking about funding and stuff like that, right? So how did you guys do that? Where did you start? Did you just go down this rabbit hole on Google or how did you, you know, how did you financially support your business? You know, as as we started um, developing out Pillar Five, and in fact, it wasn't called Pillar Five when we started. It was called My Now Score, and I see 
Natalie and Colette here. Good morning, everyone joining us. Um, Good morning. Colette was one of the first uh, people. And a quick, quick backstory on that. Um, I was, Tehran and I had decided we were going to build this software. Um, so we began in an Excel spreadsheet. And we just created out the 12 key questions that can help us identify what things the business owners were neglecting. So it started with 12. It's 115 now and constantly growing. But it started with 12. And we built this out and it was in an Excel spreadsheet, literally an Excel spreadsheet. Um, we had no programmers. He nor I understands how to any of the languages. We don't code. We don't do any of that. Right. All we did was borrow from my Excel background to create an Excel spreadsheet. And we went out and started talking to business coaches and business owners and starting to find out, you know, kind of like what you do in the pillars is, is there a market for what you have or are you just wasting your time? So we actually started following that path, determining if there was a market. Um, and real quick story is I went to a, a 1 million cup out in Fort Worth, Texas, and I started asking the question about life cycle stages to people in the audience in the in the networking event. And no one understood what I was really talking about when we were talking about uh, life cycle stages. And then Colette just walks right up to me. Colette Portis from Red Development today just walks up to me and she completely understands what I'm talking about. So she ends up pulling me away from that crowd and we had our own conversation. Needless to say, she is one of our biggest supporters of um, uh, our software today, which is now Pillar 5. But how did we start with no money? Uh, the way we started with no money um, was that we started reaching out to people who we knew had expertise in the areas that we didn't and who believed in the mission that we had. And we understood if that they believed in what we believed in, that we would support each other in that way. And it didn't require money. We could barter, we can exchange, you know, you need help with something, I'll help you with it, you help me with this. Um, and that whole relationship ended up landing us with an organization called um, Teplar out in India. Um, and their CEO and founder at Teplar, well, which is a programming company, a program development company that has, you know, umpteen amount of programmers, he completely believed in what we were talking about. So he said, I'll partner with you guys and I'll do all the development. Um, little thing that happened just recently, just the other day is I asked him, I said, if you were billing out the amount of hours that you've put into Pillar 5, because you have to keep in mind, we started this back in 2016, the programming side of it. And here we are in 2021 and we're still programming. Um, so that's five years of programming, if you can even imagine. And I think the numbers were close to somewhere around $2 million worth of programming that they've put in and many people like you said natalie would say oh i have to have that type of money to get started no you have to have the commitment the passion the drive and then utilize the people around you who have the same mission passion and drive and then you can support one another and and that's what we did we used the support of people around us and many people that are around us today we did not know prior to coming up with pillar five in fact 100% of the people on our team, we did not know before we before we met them and got into Pillar 5, including yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that just shows how what clarity of vision can do, right? When you're when you're passionate about what you're doing, it's 
the right people will show up, right? They get kind of caught. They, there's that saying, light yourself on fire and the right people sh will show up, right? Mm. And it's, and I, so I love that. It's like, you guys went out, shared this vision, the right people showed up. I mean, it's, it's what enrolled me into being here with you guys, because what I love about Pillar 5, and we'll, we'll dive deeper into the five pillars and what they are, but it's been about the forward thinking of where we're at um, with entrepreneurship and then what you're providing, even with Paulette, she validates that, right? When she says, I love Pillar 5, to me, that just validates it. Because really, if I look at you guys, you guys reverse engineered entrepreneurship, right? Where if you look at most entrepreneurs, we're trying to figure it out or we're seeing what sticks. We've got a head down where, right, we're 20, 30 years in. And then it's like, okay, well, what's next? And Pillar 5 takes care of that for people, right? You guys have already been to the destination, reverse engineer, and you teach people how to get the way it's like navigation in your business, right? So, um, so let's talk about that five stages. Why is it pillar five? That you talk about the five stages of business. What are those five stages? What should we be looking for? What does the assessment entail? Right, right. Well, the five stages. There's two up. There's two parts to that. And the first is the five stages. So every business has five life cycle stages. Something that we um, came to find out, and it was all theoretical, you know. So we put together. Um, you know, something that made actual sense that we, that could be quantified, could be measured and could be grown that you can grow through. Um, so there's five stages that every business goes through. And it was the seed stage, startup, growth, expansion and maturity. And what we noticed when dealing with even a lot of mm, I don't want to say mature businesses, people who have been business for a long time. Let me say it that way. None of them knew what life cycle stage they were in. None of them cared what life cycle stage they were in. And as we started studying that and the death rates of businesses, we started realizing, OK, this is this is why this is exactly why this is the issue no one is addressing. So it was the blue ocean as far as we were concerned. This was a place where we know there's fish there, but no, there's no red water, no sharks to feed and nobody's eating over there. Let's go solve this problem. So such a large amount of people failing in businesses every year, according to the U.S. labor statistics, 20 percent in by year two, 50 percent in by year five, 76 in by year 10 and 400,000 start every year since the 90s. So it was it was really much a no brainer once we looked at the data. So the data gave us the information that said, yeah, this is the green light. This, this is definitely a solution that's needed by too many people that are actually active in entrepreneurship. Um, so we just wanted to lay out how a person can go through those stages. Something that we used to always say, we still say, is you don't give a baby, you don't give an adult children's Tylenol or or whatever those Frankenstones <laughs> things. <laughs> you, know, you don't give a baby Ben Gay. You know, certain things at a certain time. The same thing goes for business. So it really made it simple for people to understand the 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 uh, the reason for having a tool like that that can identify a life cycle stage in order for them to get the necessary um, guidance or assistance. And then that leaned over into the five pillars of sustainability, which are in the software. And I'm Carlton, you can go ahead and explain that a little bit, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. Can I ask one question on that real fast? So before you, because I think it will lead into that, Carlton. What was the experience for you guys, or maybe even just you, Tehran, that made you realize people don't really care? Like, where does that stem from? Is it just because we don't know any better? You know, we just think we've made it this long, we're going to survive or... There are a lot of variables to that one, I think. Um, your reference points, which you see as success being subjective and sustainability being objective was one of the main things right then and there. 
if a person is hustling, quote, so to speak, or they're doing what they have to do to pay the bills and, you know, um, survive on a daily basis, they aren't really looking for a sustainable way to do that. As you know, and this is coming from that left side of the quadrant perspective. Most people are trained to get a good education, go get a good job, pay your bills. If you can pay your bills a month or two out in advance, you're better than good. And then that becomes the cap. And then we just start looking at the 14% that do survive past 10 or Fortune 500 companies, better said, and what made them different. And was there was there schooling that they got? Was there a certain, you know, was there something different about them? And it was like, no, there wasn't. They were just they were just applying certain principles. So when we looked at those principles and said, well, you know, if everyone applies those principles and everybody can be on a road to sustainability and that kind of green lighted us to go forward in that route, we realized people weren't as concerned with becoming sustainable. They were concerned with keeping up with the Joneses, you know, just paying the regular bills. There's there's a different mentality out there other than the way the typical business development coach would think when it comes to generating money, acquiring wealth, or even trading your time for money, getting a job. And so um, it was basically a lot of the the the, the uh, aforementioned programming that's already in society is why people really don't seem to care about it. As long as I start making money, I'm fine. We never think about ourselves blowing out our knees and you know, in the NBA. We put our whole thing in NBA and we blow out our knees. Like, well, we just don't think that far in advance. So it seemed like a good hole for us to fix, plug in with actionable info. Awesome. <laughs> That's why I, why do you, yeah, why do you think people don't, Carlton? Why don't you think people care? Um, I don't I don't think it's a matter of that people don't care. I think everyone has this elaborate vision, elaborate dream when they say, I want to start a business. Um, whether they're reading it and whether they're reading a book and they're coming to that epiphany or they're talking to a coach or they're watching TV and they see Count of Monte Cristo, you know, and they go, oh, I want to be that guy. I want to I want to go from rags to riches really fast. Um, everyone has this vision and this dream. What we, again, and we say this at the beginning of the show, when they get started, they don't know how to go capture it. So Tehran says this about the psychology of people. If people don't know, they start filling in what they don't know with what they think they know, and that becomes their truth. Um, so they just kind of fill in the void rather than going, I don't know, they'll fill it in with something. Um, and with business, that could be uh, detrimental to your business because you're filling it in with information that you haven't verified and proven will actually get you where you're going. So what I hear all the time when I'm talking to business owner is I have a business and I go, okay, who's your audience? What's your price range? What's your plan? And typically that is, I don't know the answer to that. The, what they have is I've registered a business. They say, I have an EIN, I have a bank account and I have a name and I register it. So I have a business. And so I think that mentality is they reach out and there's information and insight everywhere, especially with technology, the way that it is today. Right. Um, and like Keisha saying, you don't know what you don't know. So, but many business owners do the assumption component. And so they go, well, I saw somebody else build a marketing company and they didn't need all that. They just did this, this, and this because they're trying to hurry up and get to the dream. They're trying to hurry up and get to the goal. Um, and many times I think they start without knowing the why. 
Like, why are they doing it? Is there a purpose behind it? Is there a passion to it? Or is this typically money-driven? Is it only money-driven? So that mindset is different. If you have one that is solely money-driven, which I call that hustle mentality, it's how do I get paid between now and Friday versus how do I build a sustainable business that will be here for 300 years? There's a different mindset when you walk into that arena uh, with those two individuals. And so I don't think it's a matter of not caring. I think it's from our side, it's understanding what their goal is. And many times their goal is money or their goal is purpose. I could tell you for I do systems, money will be a byproduct of what we do. Our goal is to reduce that death rate from 76%. If we can bring it down to 5%, amazing. That would impact our economy on so many levels because you would have more businesses generating $250,000 a year, which 83, 84.3% of businesses generate less than that. Um, we can get that number higher and they will survive. So it builds an economy, a capitalistic economy, which we're in, uh, it supports it by providing more successes and less failures. I'm not saying businesses shouldn't fail. I'm not saying everyone should be an entrepreneur and everyone should have a business. I'm just saying, if you're gonna do it, do it the right way. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna take a trip from Texas to California, don't just jump in your car and start driving. And someone says, "Where are you going?" You go, "I'm going to California." And they go, "What road are you gonna take?" And you go, "I don't know. I'll figure it out while I'm driving." <laughs> and you don't have a map or a GPS, then you're just going for a long drive. You know, and hopefully you have enough fuel and money to get you there. Because if you run out of money or fuel before you get there, then that's what most people call a failure. You're <clears> stuck. <throat> you stopped. You hit a roadblock. Right. Because you haven't mapped, you didn't map out the logistics of this this journey. Um, so again, back to that answer. I don't think it's that people don't care. I just think that their posture different. And there are going to be some people who claim to be entrepreneurs. Um, and they're really not. There's a difference between running a business and working in your business. There's a difference between business owner and self-employed. Um, many are self-employed and saying I'm an entrepreneur. Self-employed to me is not an entrepreneur. You work for yourself. <laughs> yes. You know what I love about that, too? It's funny because I had a friend of mine, she posted on uh, social media last night. She's like, my dad told me to reach in the glove box. It was like a meme joke thing that she was posting. But it's I think about this looking at the software. She said, my dad told me to reach in the glove box <clears> and get out the map because they were going on a trip. And she was like, settle down, Indiana Jones. Let me just Google it on my phone. Right. <laughs> but, but it's kind of the same thing. It's um, you know, are we still doing things the old way? Because we're evolving, we're getting better, we're harnessing technology more. Now we have software such as Pillar 5 that's saying, hey, this is exactly what you need to do to get there. This is where you're at. This is where you need to go to get to your destination, right? You just got to plug in your coordinates and, and go, right? Versus, hey, I'm going to figure out, hey, I hope something sticks. You know, I think about 75, 76%, that's a high statistic. And so it just makes me wonder, is it people that really, they don't, Expect that their business is going to be sustainable. It's like, hey, we're making money. Let's rock and roll with this. It's kind of tends to be working. Let's keep going. Or, you know, why is it such a high number? Um, you know, that is the the magic question that everyone has asked me, um, from scholars to professors to economists. Like, why? What is the why? And here's my answer. And it's very subjective, but it's my opinion after all of the data that I looked at and all the research we've done, you know, over the last six years, which is over 18,000 hours just for me alone, 
regardless of my team, that's been as big as 12. Um, I think they, and I think Keisha hit it right on the head. You don't know what you don't know. And I think many business owners take off down the road trying to get to California without a direction. And so they hear there are roads, they hear there are gas stations, they hear you know there's places that they can get directions to go where they're going, but they're kind of winging it. And I think they don't realize the implication, the, the difficulty of building a business. Building a business is not easy. No way, shape, form, or fashion is it easy. If you're looking for a quick paycheck or you think you're going to make way more money than your boss makes, just think about that for a moment, right? Just think about the amount of people on your boss's team that you work for before you think about running your own business and thinking you can do all of those jobs independently by yourself. That is a crazy, you almost have to be a mad person to want to be an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> Just crazy about providing a solution. Um, but I think the number is impacted by business owners who just don't know the direction. And you mentioned technology and you mentioned all of these things and reaching in the glove box and grabbing the old paper map. If, if business owners reached in the glove box and had a paper map to grab, it would be better than not having a map at all you know, having the GPS is a great, you know, having a GPS is an awesome thing because it's just at your fingertips, which is pillar five at your fingertips. But before pillar five, this is the question. The death rate has been around since 1990. And we've had all these experts and all these um, authorities, if you will, that are running around teaching people business programs and how to do this and how to do that. The question is, and I don't know how much that has impacted the numbers, but the death rate number has not changed. So for the last 30 years, whatever has been in the market, whatever has been available to entrepreneurs has not caused a difference in the death rate, has not. So to me, I'm not saying that everything that they're doing isn't working. They may be catching the other 24% and helping them, which is why they just need more of them to help the other 76%. But I think because business owners don't have a clear path from moment they say go, that is the main reason why they their business dies. I'm going to call it like the SBA calls it. The SBA, Small Business Administration, classifies that as a death because that business is a separate entity. It's an individual and has its own life. And so it dies. And that's that death, I believe. It comes from not knowing how to raise that baby, if you will. If you don't raise it right, then you're going to lose it. Um, and I think if they know how to raise it, they wouldn't lose it. And I think if they knew there was a way to raise it the right way, they would tend to it that way. I don't think anyone would. Tehran and I had this analogy over the weekend or we were talking through this maze. We look at business owners as if you're in a maze. Just think of a very big lab labyrinth where you're stuck in this maze and you don't know your way out. And along this maze, you run into Tehran. And Tehran says, you're in this maze. Here's the directions to get out of the maze. Follow these steps. No matter where you are in the maze, you run into Tehran. You can be top left, bottom right, wherever you are. And he hands you this instructions on how to get out of the maze. The question that a business owner has to ask themselves is, do I take Tehran's information and go try to get out of the maze? Or do I continue going about it my own way? 
Right. That's that's the question that a business owner has to ask. If you know there's something that can guide <clears throat> you through the process, do you take it? Right. Right. Well, that remind just makes me think of being coachable and teachable, right? And then why wouldn't you want to follow someone that's already been there? Right. If I'm going across even a mind shaft, of course, I want to follow someone who's already been across it, not try to figure it out on my own. But I love what Colette put, which she said, many think the presence of revenue is the indicator of sustainability. And that I just think is so powerful because it's so true. Even thinking about myself and my own business, you know, it's like, well, you could drop me anywhere. And I'm sure you both think the same way too. You could drop us anywhere. We're going to go make money. We're going to build a business, right? We're not going to work for anybody else, but that doesn't mean we can sustain in business long-term. So with that, we're going to go into a quick break. We have the founders of I Do Systems and Pillar 5 here this morning, Tehran Glover, Carlton Hoskins. Quick break, and we'll be right back. See you soon. A wise man once asked, what if starting a business was like jumping out of a plane? And like 76% of businesses, what if 76% of parachutes failed before you reached the destination? What about those of you who have already jumped? Well, you may still have time to check your business. Pillar5.com where businesses get it right. All right, we are back. Carlton Hoskins, Tehran Glover, founder of I Do Systems and Pillar 5 Software. We are talking about how to be sustainable in business as entrepreneurs today. And Pillar 5, what are the five pillars of business? How do we know where we're at in our stages and how do we get to the next stage? So welcome back. Let's get into the software a little bit. I'm excited to hear about the stages. How do I see where I'm at in business? Awesome. It, right, how do I take the assessment? Awesome. Well, let, let me jump in and answer some of that. Um, right now, anyone can go to Pillar5.com and they can take an assessment absolutely free. The goal and the objective of this program is to help business owners achieve sustainability and stop failing. Um, so that's the underlining goal. So we want as many people to run over there and do as many assessments as they possibly can so they can figure out the life cycle stage. As Tehran was pointing to previously, life cycle stages have always been theoretical. And when people talked about them, it really didn't have much weight. It was I was in a seed stage because I knew I was beginning, or I'm in a startup stage because I'm getting ready to get my uh, EIN and my, my company registered. So I'm the startup guy. <clears throat> um, I, I want to expand. So now that puts me in the expansion stage. Um, oh, I'm growing. I'm in the growth stage. I've been around for 10 years. I'm mature. I'm in the maturity stage. And so these were all subjective identifiers for business owners to understand where they were in the journey of build, building a business model. But many business owners never didn't take time to learn what life cycle stages actually meant, where they came from, what was the development issue around them. And so like Tehran mentioned, we went back and re-engineered them. And so now you have to go through every step in order to get where you're going. There are many life cycle stage models out there. Many people say there's seven life cycle stages, four life cycle stages, eight life cycle stages, but they're all theory. 
So the one that we have inside of Pillar 5 is very objective and it is practical and it'll it'll guide you. You can't, a four-year-old is not gonna walk into kindergarten and say, I wanna major in quantum physics my second year of high school because that's probably not logical to them, right? Um, and they're not gonna go from fourth grade to college. So you can't just randomly wake up one day and decide, okay, I'm gonna be in college today. Okay, tomorrow I'm gonna be in ninth grade. Okay, the next day I'm gonna be in 12th grade. No, I wanna go back to fourth grade. And you, and that's that jump. There's an education that has to happen. There's a learning of entrepreneurship. There's a becoming, if you will, there's a becoming of an entrepreneur that requires mindset changes. Sharon Lecter and, and, and uh, Robert Kiyosaki talk about that. Um, getting the mindset from the left side of the quadrant to the right side of the quadrant. Um, but then when you go through that, then we look at the pillars and you asked, why did you call it pillar? Why did we call it pillar five? Well, we call it pillar five because there's five pillars in the sustainability of a business. So just think about a house for a moment and all your supporting walls. If you're remodeling, the engineer or the or, or the uh, contractor is going to tell you, you can knock down some walls, but there's some walls you just cannot knock down because they're supporting walls. And if you knock them down, your whole house is going to fall down, right? It's not going to be able to carry the weight. Well, same thing in pillar five, there's five pillars. They are infrastructure, which is really the legal uh, structure of the business. Many people refer to that as the LLC component, the EIN component. How are you registered? How do you appear into the public? Um, also, the why behind your business is also part of that infrastructure. Your purpose is inside of the infrastructure. And then there's management. Um, obviously, you got to be able to manage your company, uh, marketing, finance, credit, and then credit breaks out into two pieces, which is both personal and business, because both of those are needed when you're starting your business or growing your business, if you will. Um, they have an impact on all kinds of sides and levels. Um, so those are the five pillars. And pillar five, every one of those pillars, let me back up for a second. Every one of those pillars has a list of items that need to be done, tasks, what we call roadblocks, because this is what we realized over time, that they are roadblocks to many people. If I was to say to a business owner, present your SWOT analysis. Many business owners today that are less than two years old, generating less than $250,000, will probably look at us cross-eyed. A SWOT analysis, what is that? Why do I need that? You know, uh, where's your board of advisors? I don't need a board of advisors. I'm a landscaping company. I cut all the grass. I don't need anyone's help. What are they advising me in? And so they're focused on working in the business so that you see how that mindset's different. Where if they started stepping out of the business, and my our favorite analogy is always the coffee shop, Natalie, where we talk about the mom and pop coffee shop. And then I say, who serves you at the mom and pop coffee shop? Either the mom, the pop, or someone in their immediate family. When you walk across the street to Starbucks with a line is wrapped around two blocks long, you will not find the person who started Starbucks standing in that store, serving you, taking your money, advertising, marketing. You won't even see them on a commercial, to be honest with you, right? You won't see them anywhere. The mindsets are different and they're building different. One is working in their business. And the other one is working on their business. And so identifying the five pillars and going through all of those steps allows a person to work on their business rather than in their business. Does there seem to be a certain pillar that most entrepreneurs get stuck on? Marketing. 
They love marketing. Everyone thinks I just need to go get a sale and I'll make money. You know, I just need to go get a sale. That's it. And and very specific, they get stuck in the marketing pillar. But there's a specific building block that they really stick to. And that is how do I make money? Again, Tehran was talking about it earlier. Everyone goes into business and they go, okay, well, now how do I make the most money possible? <clears throat> how do I get more sales? How do I get, how do I get, um, how do I get uh, 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 to, to attract? How do I get to that billion dollars? How do I get to that million dollars? How do I get to that new car, that new house? You know, Mark Cuban just bought a new house. I'm a business owner. I want to buy a new house too. And, and it's, Tehran called it keeping up with the Joneses, right? So they have this Jones look uh, uh, when they're looking at their business. Whereas if they're building according to the pillars, the pillars are going to tell them what thing they need to do at what stage of the business based on the life cycle stage. Something that many people do, Natalie, um, when they talk with us is they do a life cycle assessment and they come back and they go, I've been in business for 12 years. My business generates a little over $11 million a year. How am I in the seed stage? How is that even possible that I could be in the seed stage? And the answer to that is revenue and age of business does not determine the life cycle stage. What determines the life cycle stage is completing the steps for every stage. If they're completing each step through every stage, that's sustainability. Making sure that you haven't missed anything. If you're missing things, yeah, you may be generating this money. It may appear that you're on the expansion stage, but the moment something like COVID hits or, you know, there's a shift in the market, you'll identify those businesses very quickly because those will be the businesses that shut down first because there's no sustainability. They just have success. Mm -hmm. And so sustainability trumps success always. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to, chime in on, and just to chime in on that, something that we actually learned or something that I was exposed to when we were dealing with the funding company was um, it, it became real simply, it became real simple to understand. If you do certain things, you're going to become fundable from a bank's perspective. There's just certain steps to take to get a certain result. People just didn't know what those steps were. And it was the same thing with building a business. That was just one pillar, the finance or the credit pillar. So we looked at these other pillars that were missing from that same um, equation and added them in. And realize that, well, wow, if money is the goal, money comes from the fact that you have a sustainable business, not from the fact that you took an opportunity to generate a sale or get a client. It's to create a machine that's going to get clients, maintain clients for a long time by itself without you manually doing something. That automatically equates to generating revenue. So I um, mean, just kind of helped us take our focus off of getting an immediate um response if you will to something longer something more sustainable and it tied back into the books that we were reading and um just the the the, the mentality of building something that you can pass on something that's going to work without you working it versus something immediate back to keeping up with the joneses and understanding your why and what am i doing this for in the first place and uh these just became the differentiators that Help Pillar 5 become what it is and what it's becoming. Yeah, I love that. And it makes me think, you know, how do, do I want to put all this time, effort, sweat equity into building a business, making 11 million a year or whatever, how Carlton you were talking about. 
And then to have something like this happen, have it taken away from me just like that, right? And again, I think that you guys hit it on the nail, which is we're not stopping and thinking about that or the belief system isn't there that we can really have a long-term sustainable business, right? And so we're not doing that groundwork up front, but it's like, man, do we ever sit there and imagine I've done all this work and then just like that tomorrow, that 11 million could be wiped away from me, right? Yeah. Just right. like that. And so that's just really amazing, but it also makes me think about learning from, you know, not having to try to figure it all out on our own. Right. We have this software that will teach us in advance what we need to do. We don't have to fail forward. There was a big, you know, I was an entrepreneur. It's like fail forward, figure it out. We don't have to do that anymore. We've evolved and got better. And it was funny. I heard like when I was talking to you, Tehran, I was like the hustle and grind. He's like, no, you still got to grind it out. You still got to get to work. But at least this tells you where you need to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, interesting. There's um, um, I have a friend of mine who's actually does real estate in New Jersey. And for years, he was anti coaching Dick wouldn't make sense of it it's like i'm not going to pay money for somebody to tell me what i what i need to do until he until he was exposed to coaching and then the light bulb went off it's like oh okay i'm not paying people to tell me what i already know i'm paying for what i don't know and i don't know what i don't know i only know what i know and i double down on that that's what most people do and so just being exposed to having an objective coach that can show you and help you get where you're trying to go. I, th I think that the majority of people don't understand that that actually is out there, that everybody is figuring it out. And it's like, no, there are blueprints written for just about everything that's out there. If you just look for experts to help you, then it changes the whole trajectory and how long it'll take and how arduous it'll be or not. Oh, I was just going to say, I know that when I first met you, the two of you, and went to Pillar 5 and did my own assessment, something that really came from that for me was it helped expand my vision because mm. it helped me feel like I had the roadmap to t tell me where I want to go. Before it was like, okay, you could see the big picture. And let's just say I could see the big picture or know what the, but there's a difference between, hey, I could see that, you know, the castle on the hill 10 years from now versus I can see the road that I'm driving up to get to the castle. There's a big difference. And so it got me excited. It's like, wow, I'm on the road, right? right? I'm there, I'm there, I'm on my way. And so it really, that's what I loved. It expanded my vision and got me excited for the next level because it's like, hey, now I know what I need to do to get to where I want to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, many people take the assessment at Pillar 5, which is a really simple assessment. Just go to Pillar5.com, log in. We don't need anything from you. Just create a small account, no money up front, nothing at all. You'll ask, we'll ask you 11, the system will ask you 11 questions. We'll identify your life cycle stage and then it'll tell you what action step you need to take next and you'll get a free report. So if you're not doing it, then I'm sad to say you probably don't care about your business being sustainable. If you care about a sustainable business and you want to grow that, then go to Pillar 5 and get your assessment. There's no other assessment out, out in the market that does that. So you won't find that anywhere else. That is our superpower. We can identify the life cycle stage. Um, but Natalie, to your point, um, I've heard coaches call pillar five, the heavy and they go, and I go, what, what, why, why do you call pillar five, the heavy? And they go, because it's going to give the business owner the truth. And as a coach, I don't have to tell them that truth. That truth comes from a system. Now I can guide them from that information, which is that same smile you have on your face today, because when you did it, the first response was, oh, 
you know, beep, beep, beep. What is this? <laughs> what the beep, beep, beep? And I've heard that a thousand times, you know, exclamation points, asterisk, star, you know, what is this thing? It's broken. It doesn't work. There's no way. And they have that emotional impact because they care about their business. But then they come to the realization that, wait a minute, I wasn't on the track. I was kind of veering off into roads thinking I was going north and I really was going east. Now I'm on a road and I know exactly how I'm going to get there. And then that level of inspiration and confidence comes back and then they go, Carl, I know exactly what I got to do next. And then they're just riding. And every time they do the next step, I get a phone call. Carl, I'm on my next step. I'm about to go get my board of advisor. I already got four of them. We got a meeting. Ah, and they're all super excited. And it's a great feeling to have to know that even just one business owner has listened to what we've said and they're following this roadmap and trajectory to their sustainability. That's why we did this. We didn't do it for the money. We, we didn't set a number. We didn't say, oh, we're going to make X, Y, Z. Let's go build this thing. We did it because we wanted to solve the problem. And, and, and Pillar 5 is doing it. And we're super proud to be a part of it. We're glad we have our team. We have an amazing team behind us. Can we um, have them on the show? <laughs> we even got team members on our show with us. Check us out. We got, you know, um, we, we're just here to help. Um, at the end of the day, Tehran and I always say, if it's not about helping the business owners build sustainability, why are we here? Why are we even doing it? Um, so it's not about money for us. It's about helping, um, which is why we do the free assessments for business owners so that they can get on track. The worst thing you could be doing is standing in the mall with a four-year-old who needs to use the restroom, who does not have on diapers, and they're trying to find a restroom, and you don't know where the restroom is, more or less, you don't even know where you are in the mall. So you can't even ask for a direction. And we solve that with Pillar 5. Right. Right. Well, and Pillar 5 helps collapse timeframes for entrepreneurs too. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Giving that course correction, you're not, again, trying to, you're not wasting time trying to figure it out. Right. It's like, this is what you do. Right. Now yeah. it's just us applying it. And that the um, awareness of where we are and then just making that change. Yeah. And, and I also want to add that to so business owners and coaches alike understand that these, this product was designed for them. It was specifically designed for them. It was designed for the business owners to know where they are and to know what steps they need to take. And it was designed for business coaches so that they can help guide their clients because not all business, business coaches don't know every step in, in the process. There are many steps in the process. More importantly, Pillar 5 is not the end-all, be-all. It, it is not the know-it-all. It provides the clear view. Just let's go back to a GPS. I like to compare Pillar 5 to the GPS for your business. This, it's a clear view. If I, if Tehran and I decided we were going to drive out to visit Natalie in California, it would tell us the road we need to take. It wouldn't tell us when to stop and get gas. It wouldn't tell us when to stop and eat. It wouldn't tell us any of that, right? Somewhere along that way, we need to make that determination. What does that? Well, the fuel, the, 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 the fuel gauge in the car is telling us when to stop. The GPS isn't telling us when to stop. The fuel gauge in the car is telling us when to stop. So there's something else working. And for us, that is where the guidance components come in. Pillar 5 provides the high-level tasks that must be completed to get through sustainability so you can grow through the next life cycle stages. Period. End of story. The supporting coaches and the resources and the guidance and the content that supports the action 
is what helps the business owners actually do the work. So in Pillar 5, for example, they'll get a question like, have you completed your one-page business plan? Some business owners will go, no, I don't have a one-page business plan, but I got a 30-page business plan. That's not what it asked you. It said one page. And then they go, okay, great. But how do I do a one-page business plan? In Pillar 5, the resources that's coming from experts, um, or if you don't want to use those resources, you can go talk to your own expert, or you can go to YouTube, or you can go to Lean Stack, or you can go to Google, and you can say, how do I do a one-page business plan? The objective is where that's the thing that needs to get done. Do it how you like to do it. We're going to provide guidance in there. Some of it's free. Some of it will cost you. Some of it, you can go talk to your own coaches, your own advisors, your own team of experts. Call your own Colette, your own Natalie Farris, your own Natalie Esman. Go Keisha King-Brown. Go call whoever you want to call. We're just telling you this is the step that needs to be done. Right? And so that they can take it from there because every business is different. Every business owner is different. Every coach is different. Every situation is different. The framework is the same. How you build a house, you'll always build a house. How you decorate it is up to the business owner, right? You can have 12-foot ceilings. You can have seven-foot ceilings. You can have four-foot wide doors. You can have three-foot wide doors. It, it doesn't matter. The structure, the foundation, <clears throat> the supporting components of the business is in Pillar 5. Yeah, one of the things that I'm really proud of, I'm going to say it like that, of Pillar 5 and um is that a person that's an entrepreneur that uses pillar five after they use it they look at their own business company or industry different from a, they're much better informed about the components of their business already they already have the passion they planned on doing what they're planned on doing they're going through youtube or whatever the the resources that they use to get started but anybody who goes in it's like okay now i need to do a swat wasn't planning on doing it. even a one-page business plan I need to know the questions. I need to know the problems specifically that I'm solving. What is my solution? What are my competitors' solution? What's the difference in me and them? And I should be able to say that off the top of my head. Just having that intimate relationship with one's own company, with one's own business, is a component that's missing, which is result when I think in a lot of the failures in businesses. People are just doing stuff, but they're not intimately related to the journey that they're on. And entrepreneurship is a journey. You never really arrive. You're in love with what you do. So you talk about it differently, you engage with it differently, you know? Yeah, so I, I really love the fact that that's something that Pillar 5 of, gives entrepreneurs that engage with it, that insight. Awesome. I, I love watching shows like uh, The Shark Tank. It's kind of, you know, uh, many people call it watching TV for entertainment and I call it watching TV for information and study. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I listen to these sharks and I listen to these grandeur pitches that are amazing and they come off amazing and they'll say oh my gosh that was a great pitch and then they go okay now let's get down to let's get down to the numbers next right and then in that question when they say let's get down to the numbers it's how many people are in your market how are you getting to your market what is your deliverables and then they don't know those answers they how don't have a clue how much money you're asking us for. That's always a big one that I think of, too, because sometimes the numbers are crazy and saying what they're asking for. Right. And they've made like no sales. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And 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 it's, oh, I have an idea. And then they go, well, you're in the seed stage where you're just getting started. You're too young. You're too early. The word that they use on Shark Tank is you're too early. You're too early for funding. And there's this persona of, well, no, that's when I need my money. I need it early. no. You need it once you've proven it out. 
And again, they don't, you say alpha testing to a business owner and they go, if they have any understanding of software, they immediately go, well, I'm not building a software. I don't need to alpha and beta test anything because I'm not building a software. And they don't realize that alpha and beta testing applies to products and services, regardless of the specificity of the service, whether it's software, hair product, it's the same thing that the FDA does with all of that pharmaceutical coming through. There's an alpha test, there's a beta test, there's an approval process. All of that applies, whether you're doing hair, whether you're cutting grass, whether you're washing cars, whether you're cleaning roofs, whether you're rebuilding roofs, whether you, whatever it is. So all these little components need to be touched and not just touched or addressed. They need to be addressed at the right time of the business because if you're doing it at the wrong time, that can negatively impact you which was the lesson Tehran and I learned when we were working with that financial company. They were helping them with credit and they were helping them with funding, but they were helping them at the wrong time. And because they couldn't see time, they didn't know where they were in the journey. They couldn't say, oh, you're too early. Let's build out some more sustainability for your company. And then let's get into the funding component. No, they were just rushing to get them funded because that's how they made their bread, right? And that was, they're doing their service to make money. They weren't doing service to really solve the why, I need to help them get funding. Yeah. Yes, I love it. I love it, I love it. <clears throat> awesome. So tell me, so I'm watching the show today and I have had my business five years or I don't have a coach or I'm in network marketing. Who goes to Pillar 5 or what, you know, when do I decide to go to Pillar 5 and take my assessment? Do I need to already have a coach? Should I have my vision already? Should I already be in business? Who should be going over there and taking the assessment? Everybody. Um, everybody. If you are an entrepreneur and you have a business and you want to see the vision, the dream that you set out, to, to, to achieve. If you really want to achieve that and you know you don't know how to get there, you're confident that you know there's things to do, but you're not just sure when, what, how many are there, go do the assessment. There's going to be different mindsets. There's going to be business owners who realize I need help. And then there's business owners who are going to battle their own pride and ego that goes, I could do this on my own, right? Well, if you're battling with that, you're probably not going to go do the assessment but you're probably the prime candidate who needs to go do an assessment. So you realize you can get the help that you need because as they've all said, you only know what you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so if you're a business owner, go do the assessment. If you're a business coach and you wanna help your clients build a sustainable business without you figuring out the path to maturity all on your own, then go do the assessment so you can see how you can help your clients with that tool as well, because it's offered for both. And go to Pillar5.com, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Pillar5.com is the website. Yes. So we are here this morning with the founders of I2 Systems and Pillar5 Software, why the Better Your Business show was started to help entrepreneurs have sustainable businesses. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be part of the vision and the crusade that you guys have for entrepreneurs and to be part of this. Um, it makes me so excited, the difference that you're making. And it makes me think of just as we're looking at sustaining businesses and what businesses are going to be sustainable, leaving their mark in the world, right? That's what you guys are doing with your software and helping all businesses stay sustainable and to be successful and to help people really have 
financial independence, freedom, peace of mind, their dreams, their wise. And so um, I'm just honored to be a part of it. And I love how forward thinking visionaries, you guys put your head down, got to work and put the time and effort into this to help people and to make a difference. And I just love that. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, thank you, Natalie. We are, we are, mm. we're honored to, we're honored to be uh, uh, running around in this mission. Um, go to bed thinking about it, wake up. This is what we do. This is our passion. Uh, if we can help business owners succeed and avoid failure, that's it. That's why we're here. All right. Business based off passion. Who knew? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? All right. Awesome. Well, next week, I want to bring some special people on here, but I'm not going to spill the eggs. I'm not going to spill the milk. I'm not going to even <laughs> spill the tea, Tehran. Spill the I'm tea. Going to spill the tea. We're going to try to bring some special tea. Have some deeper discussions on the whys and and what's what's required for everybody out here to really realize whatever it is that they have. And it's really about building the team. It's really about keeping experts around you. It's really about getting coaches. It's really about knowing what you know, knowing what you don't know, respecting that space, then moving forward intentionally in this business journey. It's not going to stop. You're never going to arrive. You're never going to know everything. So getting a student's position and ride out at this different trajectory. That's right. And as we always say, be a doer, be a doer, be mm -hmm. a doer. Don't be a talker, be a doer. There's a time to talk and there's a time to do. Yeah. Man. Spend more time doing than talking. You can always show them better than you can tell them. Always. Yeah. They don't want to hear it anyway. Ain't nobody trying to hear you talk. About that. <laughs> show me something. But I can't wait for next week's show. Awesome. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you for we'll having you us, Natalie. It was a little different to go from the host chair to the interviewee chair and so thank you for that uh really appreciate you uh yeah. spending time talking with us that was really awesome and amazing appreciate you thank you thank you guys so much we'll see you soon have a great week everybody happy monday see you soon and don't forget to check out the los angeles tribune live tonight uh where mo rock and natalie forrest go in on their topics um and if, remember if you have any questions or comments please drop them in the comment section we'll always go back and respond to them um, and you can check out the Better Your Business Show special edition in between the episodes right now every Monday. Um, and so we're not telling you what we're unpacking on Mondays. It's always a secret. You'll never know what's going to come up. We'll see yeah. you next week. Thank you for joining us. Build a better business. Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.